Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Friday. It's Friendly Friday. It's December the 29th. I had a little reflection with those of you who are sitting in our live chat about just how much this year has held. I sent you guys a link. It's actually in the show description if you choose to listen to it. And it is one year ago's show, if you will, which was not a show. It was me sitting in front of a microphone and a laptop in a hotel room about to go sit with James O'Keefe. I was about to go have a private dinner with him and a donor that were working um, to raise money for Project Veritas. And they were talking about doing something with me. Ended up not working out. No big deal. God has a plan. I never know what it is. But what's really wild to me is uh, I was planning on putting together a, a studio in a trailer. Some of you guys may have seen some of those shows going back now exactly a year. And on that exact day, I had just finished getting off the phone with somebody who had, had DM'd me on Twitter. And that somebody is George Hill. And what a weird, interesting time to look back and say, a year ago, I had my first contact with George Hill, who I now talk to almost every day. I definitely talk to him multiple times a week. He sends me snarky humor. We've embraced in multiple places, in multiple states, because he's just an awesome dude, and he's become like a part of my life. He's become a part of my life the way that Steve has, and Garrett has, and Phil, and the other suspendables. What a strange, strange trip this actually has really been. I'm so incredibly grateful, incredibly grateful, incredibly grateful for all of you guys, incredibly grateful for the people that I've met, for the things that we've been able to accomplish. And we're going to cover some of that. We're also going to cover some of the things that are still going on in the world. I don't want to just be riffing on fun stuff, but let me say thankful. Speaking of gratefulness to my friends over at Catholic Vote, they're actually responsible for a good chunk of the show prep we did today. Still one of the most outstanding news aggregators that you can find you should go to catholicvote.org and you should punch up the loop. If you got the loop today, what you'll see is they just dropped an episode of me. Yeah, more of me. That's what you need in your life. <laughs> more Kyle. They did a uh, an episode with me. We taped it on a, a program they call Edify. It's kind of like a PragerU type thing. So I did a, a short video that's going to be coming out very quickly. Uh, it's going to be animated. It's just a you know explanation. Maybe you can share it with your, your liberal but non-leftist friends about how progressive leftism is, in fact, a secular religion and how it has decided to, uh, to try to take over mainstream religion. It's really important, but this particular... Uh, little video that we did was more about why Christians should be concerned about the FBI going into the Richmond field office and what the Richmond field office memo did. That was almost a year ago as well. Um, I'm also hosting the Dinesh D'Souza podcast right now. So if you guys have not been watching that, uh, you can definitely check in to Dinesh's show. We've had a pretty neat week. We talked to Matt Taibbi. We talked to Aaron and Tara. You guys know them. Uh, we talked to Tracy Beans yesterday. First time I've been able to quote unquote interview Tracy so that's really fun. And we're going to be doing Steve Baker today and sharing him with a broader audience. Uh, looks like people are saying that the volume is good. So we're going to keep rocking and rolling. Now, without any further ado, we're going to be bringing on my man. Here he is, the real Steve friend, Ka Bluey. Steve, welcome to the program, buddy. Grateful to be here on the final episode of 2023. This is, um, this is kind of like our thing. The, the Friendly Friday, we kind of launched it innocently, but it's become a thing to the point where people leave reviews. I just read you the review from the other day that people love it. They absolutely love the almonds, 
the extra jackets and turning up the thermostat to make sure that Steve Friend the iguana is comfy. <laughs> like, is it, did you think you would have an internet persona? <laughs> Never in my life did I think I'd have an internet persona, but I'm just grateful that I can bring some laughter to people at the end of their week. It's a tradition like none other. Uh, it's kind of like singing the 12 days of Christmas, which is why I'm happy to be here on the five golden rings day. It is five golden rings. Okay. So, uh, folks, let me know if, if Steve's voice sounds better. Uh, I had to, I had to cut out. We had double mic coming in and we're just figuring it out. Steve, give me a thumbs up or give me an audio. Uh, yes. five golden rings, five golden rings. Okay. So there are, um, there are five days of Christmas that we are celebrating. This is a little piece from a guy named Eddie Izzard. He's one of my absolute favorite comedians, uh, makes me crack up. And this is his take on that particular song. Christmas time, you know, Jesus uh, born to a big jolly guy in a red jacket. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 baby Jesus. And what would you like for Christmas? Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Well, what about a clockwork train? <laughs> oh, yes, much better. Forget. Forget peace on earth. I don't care. And, you know, the, the Christmas, the fir tree, that, there's none of them in Nazareth. The partridge in a pear tree song was not sung at the Last Supper. They weren't there going, at a partridge in a pear tree, five gold rings. Come on, loosen up, Judas. Oh, on the seventh day of Christmas. Judy, come on, Judy, loosen up. Don't call me Judy, I've told you. Can you lend us a fiver, Judy? I'm a bit short. Ah. All right, lads, um, Leonardo da Vinci's painting the picture. All right, so everyone get your positions. Here we go. I'm going, Jesus, why are you doing the big arms thing? I oh, know, I just thought I'd do a big arms thing. I don't know. Well, I'm going to do a big arms thing as well. Yeah, me too. I quite like the big arms. Look, we can't all do big arms. We look like a squadron of Spitfires, for fuck's sake. I'll do big arms, and you just look at me and go, ooh, he's doing big arms. All right. Leonardo, have you got that one? Have you got the painting? All right, now, a fun one as well, remember? Uh, <laughs> that partridge in a pear tree song, the only bit we like of it is that five gold rings. People go berserk at that point. People running in from other rooms. Five gold You know, the rest of it, we don't know. Uh, above, above that, it's a 12 monkeys mating, 11 donkeys dancing, 10 pygmies, Farming nine socks are swimming and five. This is a human thing. We only like to learn a little bit of a song. We can't be bothered. You can't be bothered with the whole song, Steve Friend. You did some research for me. I know people have put links out there. I don't want to go look into this. Why in the world uh, is the five gold rings the best part? Did you know? Did you learn that part? Uh, I just learned that they're all birds. Every day of the twelve days of Christmas, they each gift is an actual bird or it's some sort of uh, re reference to a type of bird. So you end up with like, I don't know, like 360 birds at the end. Yeah. How many birds is that? That's a, that's a big flock of birds. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you actually well, have it pulled up what the birds are or are we just winging uh, it? I could do it. I, there's like multiple, this actually came from Tracy Beans, uh, Dark Delight podcast. Frank was talking about it and did so confidently. You never know with Frank, but he said, and I actually did some homework on it. The birds of the 12 days of Christmas. Here it is. People are saying that your voice is jacked up. It sounds perfectly normal to me. Steve, can you hear me? I've got you. All right, now it sounds like you've, uh, 
you've gone into the tunnel, but I love it. All right, so we've got Steve back. Folks, give us a uh, give us a thumbs up. Let me know that uh, there's some issues with Steve, but that is so be it. We'll move on. Can you guys hear him now? In the chat. So they said you sounded like you were on a voice modulator, Steve, for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know. I'm on the same mic as always, but uh, I don't know. We'll just adapt and survive. But as far as the fifth day of Christmas, apparently this is a reference to the ring-necked pheasant. What? So you get five pheasants on the fifth day of Christmas, which is actually a relief to me because I uh, sort of a reference to what we talked about a few nights ago on that space. Uh, if you imply that my true love gives me five golden rings, you might think that I'm a big fish. <laughs> and I'm certainly a shop at Walmart kind of guy. Yeah, people who did not listen to that one, that's that's actually kind of fun. So if you guys didn't catch us on the uh, the Twitter space we did, there were these people that were like, you guys are big time. We're just like little people here that just work in a job. And I'm like, what are you? I'm like, Steve and I go to Walmart, y'all. We're still looking for coupons and stuff. We're still trying to save money on small stuff. Just because you have a Twitter following doesn't make you a big fish. Uh, it's... I guess a big misnomer out there in the world. Let's uh, let's dig into some of the news things out there because there's a couple of big fun things. First of all, I called it the year of the whistleblower on purpose. If you guys are looking at the show title, 2023, the year of the whistleblower. Why is that? We had yet another another drop. Um, just another example of why the FBI wishes they had sent me back to the reservation to just do Indian crimes. We've got a, a front page thing here from Brad and Dre at Fox News. Five controversies of 2023. Uh, Steve, you gave a comment on there. What What is your take on, on what's been going on in the last 12 months? And as they got, have they gotten better or worse? Where are they at? I think they certainly haven't gotten better. I, I think they've just been exposed more so because they, uh, they've FAFO'd with the wrong cast of characters in the form of the suspendables. I mean, we're just basically, we've been able to gain somewhat of a following um, through social media and through general media. And as a result of that, people have brought us information and uh, and and the FBI has now you know, pulled the mask off and has, has exposed itself for what it really is, and it's no longer an objective force for good. It is no longer that. That's pretty clear. Uh, they've got five things. Did you go through the five and kind of see which ones are your favorite? They talked about Mark Haup, which is kind of nice. Seeing that uh, they talked, I I thought it was interesting. They they honed in on uh, Charlie McGonigal as one of the big ones. I, I appreciate that, too, because of the fact that you've especially been hammering down the fact that the FBI is this intelligence agency rather than the law enforcement agency that it purports to be. Right. Uh, but uh, always and forever, it's going to be the, the radical traditional Catholic memo that you exposed earlier this year. That's the thermal exhaust port. That's something that galvanized a lot of people. It's something that even made its way all the way to the weaponization committee and that you decide is being a problem uh, up into, into sanitary Senate hearings, congressional hearings, uh, it's that's had some lasting power when you actually look back. I mean, I think we you exposed that like in February. It was pretty early in the year. Yeah, it was at the end of January and, is when it was released. So February it comes out. And then I just threw your, your face on the screen so people can look at you and you look very, very serious just so people can tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, February. And then it spawns congressional inquiries, congressional investigations, uh, hurt some real feelings on behalf of uh, people like uh, – Tracy Beans kind of doing her her work by letting it come out on her website, which is why I brought her on Dinesh's show. But you think about this, the fact that we haven't heard about a dude who took 225 grand that we know of, and he was the number one CI guy in New York, which is arguably the most important. Like, what the hell? <laughs> How far have these guys, and they didn't throw him in a cell in Supermax, by the way. He didn't go and get uh, Hanson's old cell. 
No, he didn't get the Robert Hansen treatment where he's like at the end of an L-shaped hallway and has no human contact for a couple of decades until he apparently lo- loses the ability to have speech. That was the, the last reporting on him. Yeah. Which would probably be pretty appropriate for Charles McGonagall. Um, no, he's still walking around wearing cool guy shades. He actually doesn't have to turn himself in until February. So he's got like a nice little deal. He's going to get to do like an alcohol treatment. I don't know if you saw that, but they're going to consider his continue, um, like counting that time, his alcohol treatment or whatever that, um, that's part of his, like unbelievable. Here's the comparison that you have to have. You have Charles McGonagall being able to walk around. Um, and I'm sure when these charges got brought in, they didn't uh, pick him up on the tarmac of an airport like right. they did to Siaka Masakwai. Right. For, and, and I mean, I don't even care if Siaka Masakwai was in the Capitol breaking things and hurting cops. Like that, by, by comparison to what Charles McGonagall is alleged to have done, the damage that McGonagall did is far worse to the, the, to the nation as a whole. Right. And yet he's getting the, uh, the white glove treatment. Well, what's, I think, I guess the wild part for me is picking somebody up on the tarmac reminds me of like a Lord of War like a like a Nicolas Cage, like you're an international arms dealer and we may not have another shot, but you landed on the private plane, so we're going to grab you right now. And <laughs> and yet the guy that was like selling secrets or having um, having access <laughs> right to to Russian oligarchs and picking up bags of cash and taking um, taking like hidden uh, trips and not telling his employer when he was at the top of the national security game like that's all pretty wild. I mean, and I think you, you nailed it with the, the Nick Cage reference there. I mean, I think it's like even face off or like, you know, John Travolta does like the chicken, getting the chicken with a car and a plane. I mean, that's the only scenario where you think of like the FBI or any sort of law enforcement apparatus bringing a international terrorist into custody on the tarmac of an airport. But yet this guy, I, I mean, I didn't his mistress say it's probably in excess of seven figures that he's collected over, over the, the years. And this was an ongoing scheme that he was able to personally profit from and and then just use his record of of performance at the fbi to mitigate any sort of punishment or at least reduce it because they look at my service to the country and as a result of that uh, my service to the country gave me greater overall access and allowed me to grift even more but it's also a mitigating factor so i should really be treated like a you know like it was just a misdemeanor offense it, it should actually be both like he should actually it should be worse it shouldn't it be a uh, like something in medicine we call it potentiation it should be potentiation it should make the charge stronger because you were entrusted with so much and you blew it that, that's that's what i've always said you know if you're in a position of public trust if you swear the oath the stakes are higher i mean we're all human and people make mistakes but I mean, this isn't obviously a mistake this or a lapse in judgment. I mean, this was something he did over an extended period of time. And I think that if you abuse the public trust and your access to things, you're supposed to be embedded a person of high moral fiber and character. Uh, there needs to be a higher overall punishment for you. Uh, I'm, I'm never for making an example of someone, right. except in this situation. <laughs> except when you when it's literally your job to do the thing that you violated. When the motto is integrity and you are the anti-integrity person. Yes. I think that uh, you should, we should put you in a hole and we should bury the hole. I'm fair. I'm down with that. Let's um, let's talk about what people are trying to do over here on the other side here. I'm going to pull up an article from the blaze. Um, This is, you guys have heard this. So we got, we got a little bit from Colorado. I gave you guys a sober take. I gave you a clean discussion of it, which is that they, the Colorado Supreme court made a decision 
to remove Trump from the ballot and then said their decision was not a good one. And that's why they were going to wait. And now it's been suspended. Trump's going to be on the ballot. There's no way they're going to make a decision before January 5th. The Supreme Court won't decide or or destroy it. So it's just going to be there. He's going to get certified on the ballot. They're going to go on. Um, Blaze Media, uh, but obviously many people yesterday were reporting that uh, the Secretary of State from Maine had moved to block uh, Trump from the primary ballot, uh, but immediately suspended the the, effect, the effects of her decision. It's the exact same playbook. You know what it reminded me of, Steve? Because this is kind of funky. This this whole story about people trying to remove folks from the ballot reminds me of the fact that maybe people on the political left didn't grow up with siblings. And they don't know that like that's what your sibling does to trigger you. They just say something really to get you to like cry to mom. And then they're like, no, I didn't say that. I said I was going to do that, but I wasn't going to do that. It's like the I'm not touching you thing where they put their hand an inch from your face and keep saying I'm not touching you so they can get you to. Yeah, to no, it's cry. exactly that. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm like right next to your face. I'm like right here. Are you are you triggered? Are you going to go freak out? And then when you go to mom, you're like, mom, they were touching me. And, and then they go, um. No, nobody was touching you. It wasn't happening. Uh, there was no contact. Steve, did you touch your brother? No, I never touched him. I just put my finger really close to his face. See, he didn't touch you. Just mellow out. Everybody just stop. That's what's going on. They're looking. I feel like they're looking to trigger a bunch of people on the political right. They're trying to trigger people to overreact. What do you think about that idea? Which is the same thing that they do to mom, by the way. Uh, I mean, I'd maybe go the other way. They're triggering people on the political left to donate to their causes. And said, then they're you know, going to trigger and as you've covered down on, uh, I think they might be putting things out of order on the master plan because they're just impatient. Back to the children reference, like they just want to open all the presents on Christmas right away and they just rip the paper off. And this is a very clear plan, at least in my mind, that's been laid out where, look, we're going to charge Donald Trump with crimes. He's going to be convicted of those crimes. Mm -hmm. And then once we have those convictions, the secretaries of state and all these key states can say, well, we can't have a convicted insurrectionist on the ballot. They've, they've sort of gone out of order because they're impatient and they're desperate to, to fundraise and, and get a claim for themselves. They, they all want in. Obviously, the Secretary of State in Maine wants in on something politically, and, and I'm just going to make hay now with the sunshines. Uh, and as a result of that, maybe they're, they've exposed uh, the scheme uh, to sunlight and hopefully people can wake up because that's my concern overall. I and mean, there, There's just not enough people that have come to grips with the, the stark reality that, uh, that Donald Trump's going to be convicted next year and in some form of incarceration and that's that's not to say that it's fair or it's right or anything like that it's just a fait accompli as far as i'm concerned and and nobody's talking about it uh and developing a plan for what then if, if he, whether or not he's your preferred candidate or not that's going to happen and and uh, i think too many people are just kind of whistling past the graveyard on it thinking well the polling is really good i, was like, well, I don't care if he's got 100 percent polling that doesn't change the fact that he's being convicted and the secretary of state is going to take him off the ballot in a key state like michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Nevada and Arizona uh, and and what what then I, I mean I, I don't know I just keep asking like does anybody have a plan here if, if you're on the on the right side of the aisle the 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 idea that you would take him off in Maine the reason why Maine is interesting is because it splits its electoral vote so they only got four it's not a big state it doesn't have a huge population but it does allow them to split it so if he were to get a fractional version of the of the electorate he would actually get some of it assuming that he is the Republican nominee which is where the smart money is um, I wanted to actually play a video of the Secretary of State there letting you know that she takes her job really really seriously but she's going to destroy democracy it's a very detailed decision uh, we were out. Uh, why under Maine law, the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation, I'm duty bound to make this determination. 
we also, I rather um, laid out that the record demonstrates that in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of section three of the 14th amendment. And finally, uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, uh, the law, the history, um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection and therefore was disqualified. Now, I, I, I have to say, not only is this an incredibly important decision, but it's a very brave decision. Uh, the Trump campaign has, has already come out attacking you. Uh, they have said that you are a, a virulent leftist and a hyperpartisan Biden-supporting Democrat. First and foremost, it's important to know, my oath to the Constitution, my obligations to the Constitution and rule of law come before any other consideration. No other factors could weigh on that decision and did not. I'm duty-bound to both hold a hearing and make a ruling. And under the law, there's a very compressed timeline. Uh, in evaluating this, uh, I came to the conclusion that I could not, unfortunately or fortunately, wait for the United States Supreme Court to make a de decision. Uh, the main law required me to issue that decision, which I did today. I smiled because we were number one in voter turnout per capita in 2022. We are really proud of that. And we have a really strong framework of election laws that encourage citizen participation. We have same-day voter registration. We have no excuse absentee voting up to 30 days prior to election day. Uh, we uh, make it really easy to register to vote, to cast your ballot, and know your ballot will be counted. And we're really proud of our national leadership in voter participation and citizen engagement in elections and in the democratic process. Guys, did you catch all that? She's number one in turnout. They're number one in getting all these things done. They will let you vote even if you are not alive. If you get a, there's no excuse. If you're disabled or you don't exist anymore or you can't figure out where you are, you can always get an absentee ballot. There's no problem. 100% mail-in. That's all good. We want to encourage democracy. By the way, we're going to do that by removing this guy because it's very, very important because the Secretary of State in Maine somehow is going to adjudicate a criminal charge that has never been levied against a former president of the U.S. In in order to get him off the ballot. We're taking our toys and we're going home. We don't like it. Donald Trump continues to poll well, even though we've already had him indicted in four different uh, venues and we've charged him with all these different things. He's a very, very bad man. This is like orange man bad on steroids. I don't know what else you would call it. Uh, Steve, we got you still here on the phone. I hear you. I hear you breathing in the background there. <laughs> Your phone looks like it's, it feels like it's in uh, Darth Vader's helmet. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with audio today. Because I'm not breathing into the phone, but maybe I have a really powerful air conditioning because I'm still in Florida. Maybe that's, that's what you're hearing. Maybe. Uh, I thought you were turning on the heat. It's uh, Isn't it cold? I was like sweatshirt weather this morning for me, which is probably, uh, 80s. I don't know, skies out, dies out for you. Yeah, 80s. <laughs> All right. What, what, what's the make of this poor lady? Like, how in the world does she speak out of both? By the way, what you didn't see on the video, uh, because you're sitting here on the phone, is that they showed all these different tweets she had to Barack Obama. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Selfies with Biden. All this kind of stuff. So she's totally not a partisan actor. She's totally not hyper-partisan. And, of course, MSNBC says, you know, she's very, very brave. She does sound brave, doesn't she? 
she's she's a brave, fresh face to the scene that we we are sorely lacking. Apparently, we we don't have enough activism going on. But this is back to the the general Pompey. Don't cite the law to we who hold swords. Their their side is willing to act, and the the conservative side is is just kind of standing by and saying, well, well, wait, look, look, look we have this rule book here, and it says you can't do that. And they and they say, well, you have an old and dusty document. We don't recognize it. We're just going to do whatever we want. Yes, we believe in a living document that we make 14th, up as we go. Yeah, let's talk about the 14th Amendment, which was ratified in 1868, um, and, and talk about how that is going to apply, which was giving citizenship to former slaves and then saying if you fought for the Confederacy that you shouldn't be elected to high office. That was what it said. But uh, we're going to reinterpret it because it's a living document here um, and utilize that because th that, that's how we'll cut the legs out from your argument, which is always constitution first. And, and that's the ruling document. That's our guiding principle. So they actually do co-opt it to a certain extent, but it's not like they really care what the, what the actual constitution says. This is just something that they want to do. And, and this might be a conversation for a lot more long form. I know you've sort of uh, indicated about it, the actual constitutional nature of how each state can sort of set up its ground rules for how it wants to carry out an election uh, and how taking Donald Trump or any other candidate off the ballot could be actually constitutional, or they might not even have to have a, a popular vote within the state. They could just designate who their electors go to at the state legislative level. I mean, Maine could say, well, RFK gets all of our uh, electors and did not even hold a popular vote. No, that's correct. I mean, that's that's actually the way the Constitution of the United States is set up. And then every state gets to figure it out. We've we've made mention of that. You can literally bypass. You have no right under the U.S. Constitution to popularly elect a president. You have no right to choose the electoral uh, to the who the electors are. That actually remains, and it is a plenary power of the state legislatures, which is really, like you said, that's a whole that's a whole show. We have actually covered that on the show. We've covered an awful lot of ground in the last year. Um, let me say thanks real quick to uh, Patriot Cooler. Speaking of ground, these guys jumped in very very early, and so. We're going to go ahead and say thanks to them and uh, encourage you to go check out PatriotCoolers.com. You can follow them on social media at PatriotCoolers. There's an S on the end of it. Uh, outstanding company full of like Seraph and Family Houses full of their products. We've got the soft-sided. We've got the hard-sided. I have a backpack cooler. I have like eight tumblers. We, <laughs> I bought most of them with my own dollars. Uh, and many of them we bought because we bought them before. We ever had them as a sponsor because they're a cool company. They're out of Houston, Texas. They give money back to veterans. You guys can, if you notice, if you're on there, they offer a military discount. It's actually the same discount that you'd get by using my promo code, but we don't get any credit for it. So use our promo code, K-Y-L-E, even if you're a vet, uh, it's the same deal. You're not getting any better deal than what we're giving you right here. So use promo code K-Y-L-E, promo code Kyle at PatriotCoolers.com. Save yourself 10%. If you spend 50 bucks, it's free shipping. They ship quickly. They ship from the U.S. The warehouses are all here. And uh, even though we've covered it, it's worth covering uh, as this year wraps up. Many of the things... Patriot Coolers is kind of an interesting company because many of the things that they sell physically are not allowed to be made under federal law and under EPA rules. They can't be made in the United States. So they're not made here. This is also the case for basically everyone else that's making one of these double-walled, insulated tumblers, these steel tumblers you can buy. doesn't matter if you buy them from Yeti or Lifetime or whatever else is out there, Bubba Coolers. They're all basically made in the same areas. In fact, the guys at Patriots told me sometimes they get those other companies sent over and they have the wrong labels on it. But uh uh, that's that's a story for another time. Globalization on its you know finest uh, feet. End of the day, PatriotCoolers.com supports us. They support veterans, and they are in Houston, Texas. That's good enough for me. If you can't make them here, I don't think they're pushing any envelopes and trying to like break the EPA's laws as a business. It's unfortunately. And and when somebody hit me on social media, they're like, "Aha, I gotcha." I just said, um, "Hey man, find me any cooler, any any of these things that are made that are made of steel." 
that are made in the United States, and I will immediately drop them as a sponsor. It's not going to happen because it doesn't exist. Anyhow, uh, PatriotCoolers.com, promo code Kyle. Use them. We're appreciative, and we thank them. We're going to get back uh, with Steve here. Actually, Steve, I've got another story. We're going to get to another 14th Amendment story, which is quite interesting, but let me just pull this up. You heard it here. You heard it from me. I told you early on, um, and this is the same thing. Now, now Fox News is reporting that Colorado uh, is going to include Trump on the ballot because the GOP appealed. Like, there's no reason to get hyped up about this stuff, folks. Like, it was always the case if you read the decision. I think most people didn't. And now they got two stories instead of one out of this, like, simple story, which is that Colorado never had the courage of their convictions. Um, I don't know. What, 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 is the, what is the upside, the value in these media organizations sort of, like, hyping it, including people on the political right? Clicks. And uh, it's a... I mean, they're, they're, everybody's mutually benefiting from it. They, the media gets the clicks and they get the, the views, the eyeballs. And then the organizations that bring these lawsuits forward, like Crew, uh, you go to their, if you go to Crew's website right now, the, the pop-up is, we brought the lawsuit to get Donald Trump off of the Colorado ballot. Uh, won't you chip in? How much money do you think that they raised in the last week and a half since the decision because was rendered? Were, yeah, they were when, so and, 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 excited, right? Exactly. And and they're going to use the whatever money that they had. And and even reading, as you did, reading that decision and knowing that there wasn't going to have any actual ramifications on the on the primary ballot in Colorado, uh, they knew that. But that didn't give them any hesitation before they went to their donors and said, look, all the good money that you, you gave us so far, and let's just keep, keep giving us more. Chip in more, and we'll keep doing the same thing, even though the actual policy – uh, preference that you have, which for people who don't need to crew, they want Don, Donald Trump taken off the, the ballot. Sure. Um, well, they're they're banking on the fact that you're not going to actually read the decision. Yeah, well, th- th- that was what we always used to call low information voters, which is honestly, they're on the political left, they're on the political right. But for whatever reason, if you if you think that Donald Trump has been like, I guarantee you in the same way that people believe that 50 percent of the people who got COVID are dead. And that it's basically a death sentence for you. The same people that believe that also believe that Donald Trump has no chance of becoming president again because he's been removed from Colorado and Maine and he's you know probably going to get removed by other places. And the only thing that really is dangerous, I think you keyed on earlier, is that there's a really real chance that he gets convicted, if nothing else, in the district of D.C., but the, all those sort of machinations are happening slower than I think Jack Smith would like. They'd love to be able to say he's been convicted. How, how in the world could you have him hold this office? Um, they're trying to get there, but I don't think that, that's where that, uh, the fact that they were unable to expedite things to, uh, to have the, the first trial in DC before, or I think it was actually going to be on like the day after super Tuesday. That's where that, that hit came to Jack Smith. And that's where he, why he was pushing it because I guess now the, the Trump legal team can probably push off the DC charges past the actual election. And then as a result of that, you know, they're, they're, he's going to have legal bills attached to that. But uh, theoretically, if he were to get nominated and then win the, the presidency, he could at least pardon himself on the federal charges. Now, the state charges of Georgia are more problematic there. Georgia's kind of a finicky state. Apparently, the governor in Georgia can't even pardon anyone convicted for five years. Uh, they have, you have to have served five years with no uh, additional charges outside of that before oh. a panel can then make an, a decision to uh, to pardon you that's the way georgia works so you actually could have uh, an elected president in jail in georgia uh which would be interesting and i think you have not talked about it. that might be the optimal circumstances just have him in a enclosed room and all his jail calls would be monitored and uh <laughs> anybody who's trying to slip in papers to sign we'd actually have transparency on <laughs> 
Oh, I know. This is the funny thing that we talked about in the background, folks. Steve and I have been laughing about this for a long time. It's a terrible idea that you would have a president in jail. But, man, the amount of transparency to that office, forget about the visitor logs that are hidden from uh, Delaware. You would literally be able to have prison logs and know that if people wanted to go and meet with the president of the United States, they'd be on camera. The the video would be recorded outside of the attorneys. All of that thing is actually hilarious. I wanted to, to keep talking about the 14th Amendment because there's a thing, a story that Catholic Vote covered this morning that I think is actually very good. And it talks about uh, uh, a it's another sort of kickdown. It's it's a win for states' rights. I, I don't know what it is actually. I'm not sure it's it's good at all. It's so weird that they keep using this this 14th Amendment. I got sideways. There's two there's two stories. One of them they covered down on what was happening under COVID stuff, but this one was a, a federal judge basically stepping in and stopping. Sorry, so it's a loss for state rights. My my brain is a little scrambled. Uh, federal judge temporarily stops Idaho law. So, okay, federal judge, we have to break it down as it is. Federal judge stopping state law. This is the the way that we were not expecting it to go. The supremacy clause was supposed to allow states to still operate as states. And now we have this sort of federalist system. Like I said, the anti-federalists were correct. Uh, the, the federal government is too powerful that it actually is stopping state laws that states have voted on, their elected representatives have voted on and decided that they want to move forward with. So, the, uh, the attorney general in Idaho obviously is kind of pissed about this and blasting it. But the statement is by a by a unelected federal appointed judge coming out of the D.C. appointment system says transgender children should receive equal treatment under the law. It's always this equal treatment under the law nonsense, again, aimed at slaves, not aimed at children who have not reached the age of majority. And parents should have the right to make the most fundamental decisions about we ha- how we care for their children. This is essentially what this thing was saying. I actually brought up the entire uh, the entire lawsuit, which people can take a look at. If you guys go to Catholic Vote today, you'll actually see it on there. This is the uh, this is the filing. This is the decision that came out of this District of Idaho. But Steve, the point that I wanted to kind of hone in on, and I'm curious if you have a thought on it, should parents be able to make all the decisions they want about their kids? And have you ever seen parents that make bad decisions and maybe shouldn't be allowed to do so? Yes, I think parents should have uh, expansive authority when it comes to their children because, you know, they're their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly we have an infrastructure in place if you uh, are abusive to your child. I mean, if you withhold food or uh, are abusing physically your child, then it is uh, incumbent on the state to come in and, and and protect because we we have a government to we, we yield some of our rights over to the government to protect our lives that's basically what, what they're there for so uh, i think that it's it's in keeping with the constitutional mandate for the government to actually uh protect the life of the child from getting um some experimental drugs injected into him because the parent is some crazy karen that uh wants to be popular at the next pta meeting Right. So there is a limit. And usually the limit is you can't pay someone to like chop your kid up and you can't pay someone to abuse them physically or inject them with things. If you were to take your kid and say, look, uh, the best interest of my child is that they're doped up on cocaine and then they go and they prostitute like that's what's good for me. That's what's good for my kid. I'm a parent. I decided that you can't do that. That that, that turns out to be uh, pretty egregious. And we will throw you in jail and lock up, lock you up for a long time. You may not even survive there. In theory, the same people that. The same people who were fighting to trans the kids, if you just swapped out like the dog, the family dog, they would be on the exact opposite side. Like if I went to my vet and was like, hey, my male dog, I want to transition it to a female dog. They would they would remove that dog from my home and probably find some sort of state charge for animal abuse. 
I think that's true. And I want to read. The, I want to read from the introduction of this particular decision here, just for people to get a, at least they understood that there are certain questions in play. Um, it says the passage of Idaho's Vulnerable Children Protection Act, which precludes healthcare professionals from providing transgender children with generally accepted medical treatment for gender dysphoria, uh, raises two critical questions. First of all, I love the idea that generally accepted medical treatment is uh, is the standard here. That's pretty wild, but. Number one question is, does the state of Idaho violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment when it bars certain medical procedures to treat gender dysphoria, while those same procedures are left freely available for the treatment of other medical conditions? That's a really hot take. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into that in just in one second. And second, does the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment prohibit the state from interfering with the decision of parents to obtain a particular type of medical care for their transgender children? care that has been broadly endorsed by both appropriate and necessary by the American medical community. Uh, do you know what standing the general acceptance of the American medical community has as far as legal play goes? Is that, is that a standard in, in American law? Uh, maybe it's, a, again, another uh, clause in the invisible ink on the back of the Constitution from National um, for what was the Nick Cage movie. That, that would be, oh, that would be it. I mean, National treasure. <laughs> the, the, here's the thing: they set up these organizations and give them official-sounding names, and they say, "Well, they're the authorities." They're so the they're American Medical it. Association. They're an association of people who work in medicine in America. Yes, who take money from Pfizer to say that you should inject an mRNA vaccine into you to stop the chest cold because it's safe and effective ninety-five percent of the time. Yeah, you know what's fun right or now not. is that. My, um, we had this little moment in our, our house and, and I don't need to get too deep into it, but it's kind of interesting. My mother-in-law was worried about one of the cousins, like my kid's cousins having COVID and asked for that person to be tested because she didn't want to get COVID and bring it back to her husband. And that, and that seems reasonable. He's, he's not young. And so, and then my wife is like, well, didn't he get the vaccine? And she was like, yeah. And she goes, well, why are you worried then? She was like, because, um, you could still get COVID if you have the vaccine. And she was like, right. And she was like, so what's the purpose of the vaccine? She was like, so that you don't die from COVID. She was like, so again, why are you worried? It's it's so hard to make that circular logic. Uh, and this one, it's really bizarre to me that the idea that we'd have generally accepted people who have been shown to be pretty compromised are not legal authorities under any sort of circumstances in the federal in the federal system. And then we're asking about whether it's the due process clause and whether or not equal protection, like the first line of this decision cites since its adoption in 1868, when nobody could have fathomed that chopping off the breasts of your 13 year old daughter would be a feasible thing and that nobody would 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 object to it in any way, shape or form. The people who wrote this, that's the whole problem with these sort of like founding arguments. <laughs> it's like, why on, why on earth are we looking at this thing in this new light? But you, you mentioned it earlier. You know, they're more than happy to think that the uh, the fundamental protections that came out of the 14th Amendment for slaves that were just freed somehow applies to, like, gender confusion in 2023. It's like we're living on the dumbest timeline. The due process is not a reference to being able to inject hormones into your body uh, as much as you want to construe it and, and jam that square peg into a round hole. I mean, I, I just pull up, a, pull up the 14th Amendment, the Section 1. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, et cetera, et cetera. Which that has nothing to do with— Which was aimed at who? Um, I, I think it was aimed at those people, uh, slaves. 
<laughs> where it was written at the time, three years after a, a bloody <laughs> yeah. conflict that had torn the country apart for, for five years? Yeah, unlike Nikki Haley, I can say that the Civil War, uh, the, the driving force behind that was slavery. How how weird was that, by the way? Uh, I don't know who she was appealing to, That's, to be th- That honest. was my question uh, yesterday. I'm, who Who are you appealing to when you say it was about uh, what the government can and can't do. She was making like a well, half-ass I, states' rights argument, which was like the argument of the Confederacy. Maybe, <laughs> it's like maybe that's the, the wrong the wrong question. It's who are you worried about angering? What base are you worried about angering by saying slavery? Right. Uh, are you? Are you oh, darn it! I'm going to lose the David Duke support. Like, what? What is your? You're going to lose motivation lose those uh, OG Democrats that still obvious. believe in segregation. I guess. I. I. I, don't I guess. Know, man. It's it's truly weird, um, totally bizarre, and and almost impossible to square with like the modern system, uh, folks. If you're just joining us, we're talking to real Steve Friend. We've got him on the phone, and he's not frozen forever. Although he might be frozen just because he's Steve Friend, and he doesn't have good circulation, and he has low body fat, uh, and he lives in the very very cold areas of Central Coastal Florida. That being said, he's not frozen on our screen. I just threw a snapshot up, so I wasn't talking to myself because that seems a little bit weird. He's joining us on the phone. You can find him at Real Steve Friend at Real Steve Friend on Twitter, and if you put an underscore between the Real and the Steve, you can find him on True Social in the same way. Uh, we're living in a very strange timeline and talking about some of the dumbest things. And for one of the dumb things, we had some uh, microphone issues with Steve, which was actually happening a little bit before we started. <laughs> we were we were dancing between two different microphones, and uh, I kept hearing his room quite loudly. Before we go back to that, and I'm going to talk about COVID, which is, I think, Steve's absolute favorite topic in America and is still relevant today in 2023. I want to say thanks to my friends over at Patriot, uh, for Patriots, rather, forpatriots.com slash Kyle for the number four, patriots.com slash Kyle. You can go to the website right there. This is the landing page of emergency preparedness deals 2024 is probably going to be wild. I don't think anybody thinks otherwise. If you are not, you know, making a plan, you are in fact planning to have some failures in your life. There is going to be either an interruption in food, an interruption in your in your power. That could just happen from storms. It could happen from natural disasters. It could happen because the Biden administration stops paying the bills and uh, cuts down the coal and we can't run any of the uh, factories because they've decided to go full green. No fossil fuels. God knows what could come up in 2024. Uh, they could decide to just, uh, I don't know, throw Trump in jail without any more charges or indict him in a place where they think they can throw him into Getmo. And then we will have a full-scale chaos, which I guess Nikki Haley wants to see that happen again. Go to fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. Get yourself set up with your options, whether it be a a solar generator, whether it be some of these little power cells to to power your communication devices, whether it be food. They've got the 72-hour food. That's that's an easy easy decision to make. It's like 30 bucks. You throw it in your vehicle. You throw it in a, a place that you plan on being. It goes in your little bug out or bug in bag. And then you're easily able to prepare enough calories for 72 hours to just think through. It's not just for you. It's actually for like, I think a family of four, the number of calories in there are pretty decent. And that's really what it comes down to. Calories equals clarity of thought means you can, uh, you can make a plan and you can move forward with your life without thinking that everything is going to fall apart. It is way easier to lose hope, which is one of the most important things. It's way easier to lose hope when you have an empty stomach. I know that. I've been to survival school. It sucks. It sucks being hungry, and it makes you miserable to be around. I've seen Steve Friend hungry. Steve, I've seen you when you haven't eaten. If you didn't get your half almond for the day, you get kind of grumpy even. Yes, no? Uh, (laughs) Disavow. Disavow. It's totally true. (laughs) It is totally true. So let me me talk about a COVID thing. I think you actually... um, I don't know if you sent me this or if I just found this, but I love 
the idea that there are public health officials that know better than everything. This is this kind of goes to undermine, I think, the argument of the American Medical Association and the people that are out there. So like looking out for our best interests. This is a quote directly from Francis Collins, who was the former director of the National Institute of Health. He was one of the other sort of evil bastards that was a part of this whole Fauci pushdown on us. So let me let me read this quote to you in its totality. Uh, and then I will let you respond to it. We'll pull up the article that it comes from as well. It says, quote, if you're a public health person and you're trying to make a decision, you have this very narrow view of what the right decision is. And that is something that will save a life. Doesn't matter what else happens. You attach infinite value to stopping the disease and saving a life. You attach zero value to whether this actually totally disrupts people's lives, ruins the economy, and has many kids kept out of a school in a school uh, in a way that they might never recover from. That's just collateral damage. This is a public health mindset. And I think those of us involved in trying to make those recommendations had that mindset. And it was really unfortunate. It's another mistake that we made. He sort of shrugs and goes, meh, you know, we tried. I- how do you how do you even square that sort of thoughts? I know you've been kind of banging on the COVID drug. You wrote a really good piece about it this year, but it continues to be something that is just they just exposed how evil and stupid they are. I feel like. Well, obviously, they're another cast of characters who don't abide by their oath. They're they're hypocritic oath to, to first do no harm. Um, and that's a totality of circumstances. I mean, you can say, well, I you know I have to I have to treat this uh, this bleed here. So in order to do that, I'm going to need to. Uh, cut this person open even more. I mean, like that, that's an actual consideration that you have to take in. It's supposed to be an all of the aboard, uh, all the above sort of consideration on their part. And they're not doing that. And then secondly, uh, this is the same people that said, well, uh, it's okay to go protest for racial justice during a pandemic uh, at one side of their mouth. On the other side, they're saying, well, we all have to lock down uh, because this is the only thing that we can focus on. So they're just not even being honest about that. They're easily beat be this, this discounted what uh, what Collins is saying here. I mean, this is we need to have uh, actual reckoning happen for for what these people did to the country uh, over the last three years. And and again, like I've, I've always like I said earlier, I guess I'm, I keep finding exceptions to my rule of uh, I, I don't like to make examples of people. Um, I don't know. Another <laughs> exception here. How would you make an example of these types of people that are that kind of evil and that kind of stupid, I guess? I mean, it's 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 crazy um, dangerous. Right. I mean, there's no other way around. I mean, there need they need to be. Yes. I mean, there there needs to be a, a public trial, and uh, very much like a uh, like a Nuremberg style, and where they are br- br- brought out in front of the entire country, and all of their sins are laid laid to bear, and then they could. I mean, I would argue for a capital uh, punishment, but uh, I'm fine with them just being at the end of the L-shaped hallway, uh, like like Robert Hansen for the rest of their lives. And they could forfeit all of the uh, all the the patents that Fauci uh, was able to secure while he was over at the NIH. Could we? Could we? Which maybe, I think uh, would, would. Yeah, could we make the argument that uh, we're really just so interested in what the right uh, in the way that uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? We're so interested in the in the safest outcome which is them never being able to see freedom again that we're actually willing to violate all the uh, sort of norms and if we if we irreparably harm their families and everything else like that's just part of the game is that is that like the reasonable argument 
Well, I, I mean, I would contend that Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci might have deprived me of my due process rights under the 14th Amendment. Let's just use the 14th Amendment. Factions. Yeah. And then I'd also like to see uh, yeah. maybe people could say, well, it's pretty obvious. We're not going to hold a criminal trial, but we're actually going to remove the Bidens uh, from office forever. And they're never going to be able to hold it because they've engaged in high crimes and misdemeanors. And we're going to just impeach them in our own state houses. We're just going to make it up as we go. We're just going to take them off the ballot. Or we're just going to say we we have the plenary power to decide whether or not we can vote for Biden and we're not going to. You, you can't do it. If What if all the red state houses just were like, yeah, he's not going to be on the ballot. Done. We, we don't that's, I mean, that's what I've been sort of pushing for, this mutually assured destruction that we have to have. That was that it's necessary. It's suboptimal. It's not what I desire to live in the country. I don't think you do either. I don't think most people do. We're on the conservative or libertarian side of the political spectrum. Um, but for us not to recognize the facts on the ground, and that's you know, one side is saying that you must be assimilated and resistance is futile. And our side keeps saying, well, we could all just get along. We all want the same thing. And it's just not true. It's an irreconcilable difference. And it's going to be lead to a, an asymmetrical outcome here where one side just can, gets completely rolled and the whole time keeps saying what the Constitution says. And the other side says, we don't care about your Constitution. We want power. One side is saying, I keep, I, th- I don't know why I, f- I like this, uh, the thing. It doesn't matter whether you're playing checkers or chess. And the argument is that like one side is playing checkers, the other side is playing chess. I don't think the other side is playing a board game. I think one side is playing chess or checkers, depending on who they are. Some of them are smarter than others. You and I have dealt that. And then the political left just is playing demolition derby. They're just driving like a monster truck through the area where people are playing board games and just smashing stuff. And they don't care. Like it's totally irrelevant to them. They're like, oh, we're going to destroy all the social norms. Do we win though? But did we win? Because we're going to win. That's where it gets down to for me. I, yeah, I think that's a pretty good metaphor. I mean, and, and the RSI keeps saying, well, yeah, but I, we're, we're owning you with all these memes that we have. We have so many. Yeah, the meme wars are definitely being successful. Thank God. Bro. <laughs> I mean, it's it's led to lots of clicks and uh, and, and lots of uh, lots of eyeballs on certain news pieces. And uh, I mean, I guess, you know, it, it's a good grip if you can do it. But uh, I think as a, as a country itself, if your goal is to actually have a functional constitutional republic, uh, 2024 is, is looking a little bit grim here. Indeed. Let's do something less grim as we go into 2024, something that you and I have laughed about a number of times. I found this yesterday. It uh, We tried to share it with Tracy Bean. So, folks, we entertain ourselves with things like this all the time. This is actually how we operate. And then I couldn't find it. I did all the searches. The Google does not want you to know this information. This is the ultimate life hack. We shared it with you earlier on episode, I think, 116, which is going back about halfway into the year. But... Um, This life hack is available to you if you are so inclined. And this is me and Steve Friends setting this up on one of our early, early Friendly Fridays as we started getting kind of the groove down. This is the way that you could be most successful possibly in 2024. So grab your notepads if you haven't already and jot this thing down. You can't find it on the internet anymore. It's been scrubbed. Luckily, we're preserving it and sharing it one more time. Okay, so there's been this uh, discussion. First of all, people were getting on me. They were like, hey, are you late for the show? I think we're right on time. It feels like we're right on time. So people were asking me, hey, you know, what's going on? And there's this... um, there was this video that was making its rounds on Instagram. It's had me in tears. I've watched it like six times because I'm trying to glean all of the knowledge that's in it. This guy basically condensed a lot of these right-wing alpha influencers, the Jocko Willicks types, the, um, I don't know, whoever's in his same sphere that are always telling you how to live your life and how to be better and how to make more money and all this. And so there's this, I don't think you've seen this. I don't know if I said it to you, but this no. is a um, this is a video. Ryan, Did you were you able to strip that thing down? Roger. 
Okay, let's roll this. This is especially for Truth Maximus in our live chat who said he got up at 3.45 this morning to kick ass at the gym, and I can appreciate that. This is what you're missing out on if you're not doing all of the things. So let's roll this influencer reel, and, and, and let's figure out how to straighten our lives out. So I follow a lot of fitness and success alpha influencers, and I've condensed all their advice into one easy-to-follow daily schedule. You're welcome. 4 a.m. Wake up. Drink 28 ounces of water with salt, magnesium, and potassium. Don't break your fast. 4.15. Cold plunge at negative 6 degrees for 9 minutes while absorbing sunlight from a sun that hasn't risen yet. 4.30. Meditate. 4.50. Sit on the edge of the bed and stare at your shoes. 5.10. Run 11 miles. 5.30. Take 400 milligrams of caffeine and drive to the gym while screaming your daily affirmations. 5.45. Lift heavy weights like our ancestors did. 7.45. Take 40 grams of protein. Don't break your fast. 8 a.m. Go to work, but make sure you stand at your desk and get plenty of sunlight in your windowless cubicle. 10 a.m. Start a dropshipping business on the side. Make 40k. Noon. Eat two grass-fed ribeyes with grass-fed butter and grass-fed honey with grass-fed pineapple while running seven miles. Don't break your fast. One o'clock. Back to work. One fifteen. Quit your job and start a podcast. Two o'clock. Quit your podcast and start a side hustle. Make 40k. Three o'clock. Sell your side hustle to Google for two billion dollars. Three thirty. Use the two billion to buy Google and sell it to Apple for nine billion dollars. Four o'clock. Use the nine billion to start another side hustle. Make 40k. Four thirty. Move to Austin, Texas. Five o'clock. Buy crypto and start another podcast. Make 40k. Six o'clock. Go home and spend time with your family. 6.05. Sauna. 6.30. Read Dostoevsky. All of it. 7 o'clock. Start another podcast about the other podcasts you started today. Make, Make 40k. Uh, the best for me is that there are... <laughs> There's, there's five minutes of family time baked into the Alpha Influencer uh, super, super day. Between 6 and 6.05. I love that he just reruns 11 miles between 5.10 and 5.30. Yes. No, he's super fast. Uh, but that's because he stared at his he's shoes. He's getting it, man. He's getting it. He spent more time staring at his shoes than he did running the uh, the 11 miles. Uh, I, I don't know why that video is being scrubbed from the web. I, like I said, I think the power that it unleashes is probably too much for most people to even digest and handle. But God, it's good. And uh, if you guys are not making 40K three or four times a day, like, what are you doing? Like, why? <laughs> We've given you all the tools. It's on you. I mean, I... I, I think that uh, another thing we have to mention is the reading all of Dostoevsky because that reminds me of every single Twitter space I've ever had the misfortune of participating in because mm -hmm. it just seems to be like this brain flex. And inevitably, it, somebody gets up and starts talking about, well, when I was reading Dostoevsky, I'm reminded of it. When just, I read all of it. I, uh, I don't know why <laughs> why that particular author is is deemed to be like you have to have read him to show your intellectual bona fides. But Correct. Clearly, it's in all the influencer space. Well, here's what's fun. Um, there's a guy that we're going to have on the program coming up in the next two months or so. I don't actually know his name. I know his handle. It's at Crime Faces. And Crime Faces is a comedy Twitter routine that has literally left me in tears on the side of the road when I was bored and doing surveillance, when I had nothing else going on. Our subject wasn't moving. And one of the things he calls that, he calls it the thug resume. He's like, nobody wants to hear your thug resume when you get up and you're like, yo, bro, like I come from this place and I've done this things and I've done this. And like the, the thug resume, you guys know what a thug resume is instinctively. And when you get up on a Twitter space or you get up in front of people and you go, look, as a uh, father who served in the military and who is, uh, you know, a mass going uh, Catholic and who is like, you, that's your thug resume. That's your resume. Uh, reading Dostoevsky or talking about reading all of Solzhenitsyn or whatever. 
Like that's your thug resume. Nobody wants to hear that. Just give me, I, I want to run uh, Twitter spaces that are called no caveat. So you can't get up and be like, well, I'm not a lawyer. Like, I know, just go, just go, dude. I don't care if you're a lawyer or not. Just say what you need to say. Stop giving us like your, your prep. Just send it. And it might be called that. No caveats, just send it. Um, would you participate in that if I start setting those up on the regular? So we would need to have some firm like 60 second ground rules mm -hmm. and an acceptance of the fact that we might be um, First Amendment exercise absolutists, but uh, there should be some consideration for the fact that a lot of people ought not to exercise their First Amendment. In right. If you don't, if you don't know how to, if you can't read the room, we'll read it for you and you'll fix, we'll fix you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, just some some nice guardrails. I mean, basically, if there's a panel, uh, people who are deemed to be experts, subject matter, knowledgeable at least, and it's a Q and A. Um, we don't need to hear about how did we you lose were Steve last night. Shouldn't somebody just said they have no sound? Um, I I follow the chat far too quickly when you are not paying attention. Yeah, okay, somebody's somebody's personal issue. Um, Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna land us here because it's friday it's the end of the year it's the last thing you had tracy beans on what do you guys have coming up on amrad uh yeah we, we had uh had tracy beans yesterday talking about covid and then uh this saturday for our final episode we're gonna be talking about uh how we failed children uh in multiple ways in, in the last few years and, and maybe some some optimistic notes of how it might be course correcting and uh and then i've got a nice Twitter space uh, here today set up with the American Shaman, Jake Chansley, is going to have me on talk about some weaponization, and that's going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern time. If you want to talk about two very, very different human beings, I would say that Steve Friend and Jake Chansley are almost polar opposites in all the ways that they compose themselves, but both have been guests of our show, and we do appreciate that. That sounds like fun, dude. Actually, I may try to tune in for that. Um, until that point, I want to wish everybody a, uh, a happy new year as we go into that and uh, check out the AMRAD podcast. Go ahead and uh, plug the, uh, are they still selling the book? Does Amazon still have your book, man? Amazon still has a book, True Blue, My Journey from Beat Cop to Suspended FBI Whistleblower. I'm hoping to get the total figures of sales here at the end of the calendar year to know if I was actually successful or not. Uh, but yeah, they still have it. Uh, I was able to order a few hundred copies I still have in my dining room, much to the chagrin of my wife. Um, also, just... If you didn't make 40K on that side hustle, then we know that is going to be a, a major failure on your end as an alpha influencer, but uh, still a great victory. As we mentioned in our little side chat, not very many people can pump out a book in 30 to 60 days. So um, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all the stuff that's been going on for this year, the whistleblower. And it sounds like GOB is, uh, is, is we talked to him yesterday, folks, after surgery. So we don't have to go and execute the entire staff of the VA up there. They didn't do a di deep state hit job on him. We did have a plan for that. Should that be necessary? But that's usually not the case. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they have the same sort of functionality. It'd be more like uh, incompetence. All that being said, GOB sounds okay. He's probably sleeping it off still. Uh, but we did talk to him yesterday, and good to go there. Uh, and thanks for all of your concern. He told me he felt the power of prayer. He heard the. Uh, he heard the, am the the podcast going into the the OR before he went in there. So that's all good. And uh, just like a dog, they've pulled out all of his little things and sent. What did he say? He sent him off to autopsy. <laughs> Is that what Garrett told us? <laughs> he said autopsy. I think he meant biopsy, but at the same time, like it's the VA. So could, they, could they go might anyway. actually try to perform an autopsy. <laughs> totally could. All right, folks, follow Steve at Real Steve Friend on Twitter, uh, at Real underscore Steve Friend on True Social. Thanks for joining me again, buddy. Uh, thanks for wrapping up a really wild year with me because that's it's a fitting bookend, I feel like. 
Always a pleasure, man. And looking forward to uh, another year of Friendly Fridays and an AMRED podcast. So thank you, everybody in the chat as well, for all your support this year. It's been uh, absolutely uh, just amazing. Yeah, outstanding stuff. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll talk soon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kyle Seraphit Show. You guys are listening to a stream live from Liberty Hill, Texas for now until things get wild. We may end up taking it. I saw some discussion about going to Idaho in the chat. Um, other than their weird federal problem with what's going on in that judge, Idaho seems like a pretty cool place. It's cold. It's got mountains. It's got elevated positions to be able to uh, defend your family. I'm sort of into that idea. Let's say thanks to all of you guys, which we are very grateful for. Let me uh, tell, speaking of Garrett O'Boyle, we'll throw up his uh, sweatshop on here if we can real quickly. That's the merch store. You guys can go and support the O'Boyle family sweatshop. It's Mrs. O'Boyle's sweatshop, if anybody asks, I think. But uh, the kids work their fingers to the bone, keeping the lights on. And when they can't afford the lights, they just do it with sweat labor. The-dispendables.com. The-dispendables.com. They got the hats up. Looks like the Sherpa is sold out. My dad got one of those for Christmas. He said it is absolutely his favorite. It's replacing a hoodie that he had that's a couple years old. They still have the... Um, the green one, the green arrow looking one that I wear, that's the lightweight duty. So if you're in the American South, you can probably get away with that. Otherwise, check out all the other wild stuff. Too late for uh, for uh, New Year's Eve. So now you're going to have to be going for the next one. Maybe Valentine's Day. I don't know. Whatever your next holiday is, check out the-dispendables.com. You can use my name as a promo code, which will save you about 10%. Nothing wrong with that. Today, I'm sporting the uh, Zelensky special in case you ever get your, your call to go to Congress and ask them for billions and billions of dollars. You're going to want to wear a Zelensky special. They recognize this symbol in the middle of your chest and they go, aha. Yes, give that person everything he wants. And uh, lastly, and not least, you guys can check out MyPillow.com, promo code Kyle, or MyPillow.com slash Kyle, and get all the deals from Mike Lindell. They're all the same. Doesn't matter whose promo code you use. I don't know why it keeps doing that, but it keeps loading up on there. Um, last one, a thank you for all of you who have made our Apple show so successful. We cleared one and a half million total downloads on the audio. We've cleared uh, well over two million on the video, pretty wild for a very small time thing that started out of me sitting in a hotel room outside of San Diego of all places. That's where that video is. It's actually in the show descriptions. You guys can go see how far we've come in the one year. And uh, let's do a five-star review from so many of you. We didn't make a thousand. I don't think we will unless you guys push really hard for the next couple of days, but here we go. This is from GLMF40. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. Great informative podcast, Truth. Who would have thought you'd have to search for it? If you're listening to Kyle Serafin, you found it. Highly recommend. That's short and sweet. Just like we're going to end up this year, we appreciate all of you for all the things that you've been doing here. We appreciate all the support for me and the Suspendables and the Steve Friend. Follow GOB at GOB Actual. That's Garrett. Steve, real Steve Friend on, uh, on Twitter. And then follow the AMRAD podcast, which will be coming up again tomorrow. It's at AMRADPOD, P-O-D. And you can find them on Rumble, rumble.com slash AMRADPOD. I'm Kyle Serafin. I'm going to sign off this year. You can follow us at rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin if you're watching anywhere else. We even threw it up for those of you who like to watch us on YouTube for one last time. I'm pretty much done with YouTube in general. But you can come and join us in the live chat, which is way, way faster than it was at the beginning of this year. Really, really grateful for all of you guys. And we'll see you again at the end, beginning rather, of 2024. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.